We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Today I'm talking about storms, fear, and belief. Have a seat. Have a seat. Go ahead and get your Bibles and your notes out. I want you to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark 4, 35. Get your Bibles open. I, I want to tell you a little bit about storms. Um, when, uh, I, when I was a kid, I kind of grew up just petrified of storms. Um, th- I guess the reason being is that my family, uh, my parents and my family, we, they moved from the north. Uh, when I was about seven years old from the northwest and moved into the south and 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 uh, we had lived in Washington state and so when we moved to the south my really my parents my family we had never seen storms like happen down here I remember I have vague recollections of watching lightning kind of flash across the sky as a kid in Washington and thinking wow that's beautiful that's cool but you, you come down here and all of a sudden my, my parents said they the first time they ever saw cloud to ground lightning which is like something we see every day around here now uh, the first time they ever saw it was when they moved south and so they, they were like spooked by it and 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 I'm gonna tell you when I was a kid my parents would literally freak out when storms came. I mean, I'm not talking like, okay, let's be safe. No, freak out. So I'm seven years old, so I learned from them. I learned how to freak out. Like, okay, storm's coming. Yeah, it's time to panic. This is what, we're, what we do. And we get scared and we run in circles and we hide. I, you know, I, I, I just remember feeling these horrible feelings. And, and uh, fortunately, I've worked through my issues and, and, uh, and I don't freak out anymore when storms come. I, I don't at all, but I still take the storms seriously. Um, but how many of you guys have ever been out on a boat? during a storm you've actually been on a boat during a storm okay now now i'm not talking now put your hands down because if it's about a cruise ship that doesn't count but but like a, a boat a, a boat are you serious oh, so, well, your own boat out out uh, yeah out yeah behind the house okay i get that Duh. <laughs> okay i'm just telling you that is something i never want to do ever I have no plans for it. If there's a storm, even within 500 miles, I will not get on a boat. I just don't like the thought. The uh, yeah, I, I, thing is, I guess I've just seen too many movies. Because in the movies, you see these things and these people. It's, it's always bad. It's always bad. And then the actors, they go underwater, and they're, trying, they're, they're like trying to struggle for your life. And you're sitting there in the movie theater, and you're going... <gasps> holding your breath and you start to pass out. Come on, you guys know, you do it. You do it too. You hold your breath and then you're going, what am I doing holding my breath for? And, 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 and you're, you're, you're kind of panicking right along with them. And, uh, but, but, but can you imagine what it would be like though to be on a boat in a storm back in the days before they had invented life preservers? Uh, and then the boat starts sinking and taking on water and, and you can't bail it out as fast as it's coming in. Well, that's actually what happened in today's passage of Scripture, because early in Jesus' ministry, his disciples uh, had seen him work some amazing miracles already, and things were moving along, and, and crowds were coming to see him. And one day, Jesus was teaching on the shore of this lake. They called it the Sea of Galilee. It really wasn't a sea. It was a giant lake. But, but he was there, and, and, and he was teaching the people, and they kept pressing in toward him. So he got into this boat, and he stood in this boat, and he, using you know, just the, the, 
the, the amphitheater effect and the way the voice carries across the water. He stood out there on the boat and, uh, and, and taught them. And it was just an incredible, terrific afternoon of ministry. Uh, after it was done, Jesus was exhausted. I understand that because for some reason I, I can do all kinds of stuff. But, but when I preached a few services, I, you know, I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I, I kind of like pass out. But Jesus needed to rest. And, uh, and so what he did is he got into the boat. He got, and really the only way to get away from the crowd, he was in the boat already, but, but he was there in the boat in order to get away from the crowd. The only really way, way to go was across the lake. And so we pick up in the story in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and I want you to see this in your Bibles because it's an incredible story. It, here we pick up in verse 35 what's happening as the crowds are now sent away. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side and leaving the crowd behind they took him jesus along just as he was in the boat there were also other boats with him a furious squall came up we know about that around here and the waves broke over the boat and uh vincent christian know about that and so that it was nearly swamped and jesus was in the stern sleeping on the cushion so he's in this little protected place in the back of the boat, and he's sleeping in there having nap time, all right? Get the picture? Now keep looking on here. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? In two of the other Gospels, they, they say that the, the way the quote is saying is, We're going to drown. We're going to die. Don't you even care? And so, so he, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet be still. And the wind died down. It was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Crazy story. But this little story is jam-packed with application for our lives because storms happen in our lives. I'm not just talking about windstorms, thunderstorms, tropical storms, hurricanes. No, I, I'm talking about financial storms, uh, relational storms, the kind of stuff some of you are going through right now. Storm, storms on the job. Storms that you know you don't want anyone to know about. Storms you're just embarrassed to tell anyone about. Storms where really nobody can even help you in your storm. It could be a storm of sickness storm of disease it could be a storm of emotional stress or just falling apart emotionally and in your storm you're dark you're lonely some of you you're feeling angry others you feel ashamed you're afraid you have fear you kind of feel like you're the only one who's going through anything right now so here's actually the big question where's jesus in the middle of your storm, and does God even really care? Same question the disciples asked. Can I be honest with you? I mean, can you be honest with yourself? Have you ever felt that way? God, where are you? I'm just telling you, I have. There have been times when I've said, like, God, are you even there? Do you care? I mean, God, God, where are you? Did you, did you fall asleep? I got her. Are you too busy helping someone else that's better than me? And I guess you could say, really, the bigger question that I'm asking you today is, can I really believe 
when everything's swirling around me? Well, I'm going to propose to you that you can believe. Because storms are going to surge, but belief will bring peace. See, the, the disciples, they, they were convinced they were going to drown, just like some of you are convinced that you're about to go under. But what they didn't do was believe, because belief would have brought them peace. You might say, well, belief in what? Well, it's not even really a belief in what. It's a belief in who, and it's belief in Jesus. And I, I want that that is the simple answer there, because he is love. He is pure, simple love and peace and strength. And Jesus brings peace when your storms are surging. Jesus is my God of peace when I, Tim, go through my storms. But when I'm not believing, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I find myself and I catch myself not believing. And when that happens, my, 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 my storms, they, they create all this wide range of fears. And that's usually when I recognize, hey, something's wrong here. Uh, my, my thoughts, my emotions are going in the wrong directions. I'm not believing, actually, at the moment. That's my biggest signal. Because fears, what they will do is they frustrate. But belief will bring you peace. And the belief I'm talking about is belief that God is present. He is here right now in the middle of your raging storm. See, Jesus' disciples they thought that the presence of Jesus in the boat was inconsequential during that storm. They're wrong. I'm telling you guys, feelings betray us. And one of the biggest temptations we face when we are going through a storm is like, I'm not even going to go to church. I can't worship, I can't see anyone today. We begin to disengage our faith, and we're going to say, I'm going to have to tough this out on my own. That's what the disciples were doing. And I'm telling you guys, that's the wrong way to do it, because when we feel helpless, our fears begin to engage, and they go deeper and deeper. And Fears, they bring these waves of, of doubt, and then your hope begins to dissolve. And, and faith, oh my goodness, I mean, that, that seems like impossible at this point, where faith is overcoming the impossible but now just having faith seems impossible when all the fears are surrounding you because fear creates these these images in your mind of these worst case scenarios they cause your doubt to increase they cause your hope to decrease and all you can do is really just like well i'm just going to try to deal with this storm the best i can in my natural mind and my own methods because i'm going to try to use my tools and my skills and my expertise and my intellect or my relationships or something to get through this storm. And the deal is, friends, what you've forgotten is that you're not alone in your storm. Jesus is right there in the stern. <laughs> he is. This is important. God's presence is absolutely unchanging. Hear me well. He's always with us always always he is very very present in fact his presence the presence of god is even increased or, or becomes more significant when we come together as believers but listen to this the evidence of god's presence does change the evidence of it because you don't always feel God with you. And then I, I woke up in the middle of the night and just reached over and 
It's like, Becca, I don't feel her, you know, she's not there. Well, she's not there because I don't feel her. And, and, of course, she was way over the very, very edge of the bed, and, and you know, and I just, I, I had to reach way over, boom, 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 bam. I was like, what? Oh, and he's just making sure you're there. Yeah. <laughs> the evidence wasn't there at the moment. But she was there. I think sometimes God purposely alters the evidence of his presence simply to bring out the benefit, the greatest benefit from our experiences that we're walking through. And other times, other times what we do, I mean, he, he will allow great benefit to be there when we begin to see like the, the visible prints of his invisible hands during our storms. I've seen that too. That's when you stand back and on and go, God is here. But God doesn't love us less when he gives us fewer evidences that he's right there with us. What he wants us to do is to, he, he just wants us to grow. He wants to teach us to walk by faith, not by what we feel or see or experience. Because faith is believing. That's what belief is. Belief is believing. <laughs> Believing that he is here, regardless of the size of your storm, and regardless of the intensity of your fears at this moment. Moses said this to Joshua. I shared it a couple of weeks ago. He said, the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But I can also tell you, and if you've read the story of Joshua, Joshua felt alone sometimes. What he felt was not the reality. That's why I said we have to believe. This is something to believe in. It's actually someone to believe in. See, the wrong belief is this, is that, well, of course, he's here with us, but he's forsaken us. See, the disciples basically concluded that since Jesus was sleeping on a pillow, having a little cushy little nap, that he didn't care about their storm, and, and he didn't care about the potential of them dying from drowning they failed to believe i'm just here to remind you today to simply believe because belief brings peace it does see jesus got up and he spoke to the the winds and the waves and he said quiet be still other versions said peace be still i even tried it with you guys earlier i said quiet be still, peace, be still. You guys got quiet. I thought, ooh, it did work, you know. <laughs> it was a test. I wanted to see if it really worked. I don't think there's anything supernatural about it, but it was a lot of fun, all right? But you know what? It would be nice if all of life's storms ended that easy. Some people say, oh, yeah, they all do, but no, they don't. They don't. See, because I know of another story in Acts chapter number 27 where, where they were uh, in a storm in a ship, and they were, they were there in this prison ship, basically, and this storm at sea lasted two weeks. But God was there, and God gave them peace, and God gave them a plan to get through it and to survive on the other side, but the ship was wrecked. And it, you know, it does make me ask, ask the question, well, why was one storm calmed and the other kept going? And sometimes I don't understand Sometimes it doesn't seem fair. Why did their storm get calmed? But I'm, but I'm having to go through a shipwreck. But the truth is, belief carries you through either way. 
Because Jesus doesn't immediately calm our storms, but he is always willing and able to calm you because he's present. The truth is, I don't think I'll ever enjoy storms in life. But I've learned and I'm continuing to learn to enjoy God's peace in my storms. God can give us peace during the craziest storms. In fact, God even gives us a key to experiencing that peace during the craziest of storms. And again, it goes back to belief in Jesus, belief that God will be with you by talking to God, by thanking God right in the middle of your storm. In fact, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says it this way. This is good, guys. Get this right here. It says, do not be anxious about anything. All right, that, that's a command. Don't have anxiety. Like, well, who, who has failed that this week? All right, right here. How many of you have failed that this week? I, I have. I failed that this week. I did. I, I got anxiety this week, and I got anxiety because I actually thought I was going to have this nice week. It was the first week in about a month and a half, I think about seven weeks, that I was actually going to be here in town all week long, work in the office with the staff, and get some good stuff, and have a just, ah, just work, and take a day off. And my whole week, um, by Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, was turned upside down, inside out, backwards. Everything turned and changed. And then I'm coming back so this week. I'm going, okay, this week is a week I get to be, I'm, I just get to get things done. And, and I come back and look at all those extra stuff I have to do that I'm behind on. And anxiety started getting me. And then, then I have to look at this sermon. And then I have to preach this. Don't be anxious about anything. I was like, I, I, a part of me just wants to say, well, I just want to take that little scripture out of the sermon because I don't really feel like it right now, you know? <laughs> don't ever desire to be a preacher because God makes you experience the stuff that you're going to preach before you preach it. And then you feel guilty if you try to take it out when it comes time to preach it because you're having troubles with it. So here, here we are. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> it's a command. But in most situations, right? see you guys are getting it in every situation with prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god you see so that's saying you need to pray you need to worship and and just just let god know what's going on let god know what you need and worship him and thank him in the middle of your storm okay that's what we do instead of anxiety. And then look, here's the result. This is good. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means you can't make sense of the peace that comes on you because the storm is raging around you, but you have this peace. Now, all of a sudden, this says that peace is going to guard your hearts and your minds. You're gonna, your, your mind and your emotions are going to be guarded because you're praying and believing in who? Jesus uh, unfortunately, our culture values uh, individualism, and, and we promote independence. It's all about this thing of, well, we're going to stand on my own two feet, and I'm going to prove something here, and I've got to believe in myself. And, and that, again, that's all nice and fine, but, but, but we're believing in ourselves more than we're believing in Jesus, and that is wrong belief, and wrong belief will always bring fear. See, because belief in yourself will never dissipate your fears. Why? It's because you know yourself. <laughs> you know your ability. You know how you have trouble getting out of messes. You know that you have trouble overcoming stresses. You know you have trouble winning battles. You know how you've failed in the past. So believing in self above believing in God is a wrong belief system that will only perpetuate more fear and discouragement. That wrong belief needs to be jettisoned. 
That's the stuff you throw off the boat when the boat's going down, you see? One of the scriptures for, for the year is this. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders, and that's wrong belief. Come on, I want you to say this scripture out loud with me. Come on, this is, a, this is a passage for the year. Say it with me. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, I really like the end part where it says pioneer and perfecter because it says faith there and faith is about is belief, you see? So basically what it says is Jesus is the pioneer. In other words, he's the inventor. He's the one who created faith. And, and, and he's the perfecter, which so he created it, but he also perfects it, which means God helps us perfect what we believe. So when I run to Jesus, he helps me to correct my unbelief. And he shows me my flawed belief systems. In fact, I think a good prayer for us is this. God, perfect my belief. Some of you said, well, faith doesn't work. I don't know. Well, no. Then you begin to ask God, God, perfect my belief. See, when I was studying this passage, I noticed something that I'd never seen before. I found it really interesting because when they were telling Jesus to wake up, I saw it this time. I've never, I probably read this passage at least a hundred times. Heard, heard this taught by every Sunday school teacher my whole life. <laughs> but the disciples really did not wake Jesus up to get him to calm the storm. They didn't. They didn't because at the very end, when he did calm the storm, they freaked out and they were scared. They're like, what just happened? This guy calmed the storm. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is crazy. We didn't expect this. So they didn't wake him up for that reason. So really, you catch the tone in all the Gospels, all three Gospels that talk about this, they were angry at him because they thought they were going to die and, and, and he needed to do his part. They probably, my assumption is, they were probably assuming he needed to do something to help bail the water and panic right along with them. And it's very clear because of how they reacted after he calmed the storm. So did they expect a miracle or did they just want an extra hand to help bail water? I think they just wanted another hand on deck. And that is false belief. And that's the way we believe quite a bit. Yeah, God's here. So yeah, come on. Come on, God. Come by my side. And, and you can do a little bit and I'll do a little bit. And then that's where we get to this point. of like, God, do you even care? Because our belief system has not been perfected. I'd like to offer a suggestion you know, God, why don't you just uh, grab a bucket and bail water with me and then we can get this done together, you know? <laughs> is, that, is that a good method? No, but that's the one we use. You're saying, yeah, he might be present, but the degree of his help is minimal. It's just the way life is. No, God, perfect my belief because belief brings what? Peace. Peace to our minds and our emotions. Sometimes it brings peace literally to the raging storms themselves. Peace to our fears perfected belief in Jesus is believing in him above believing in yourself. Yeah, truth is, we're so often like the disciples. You feel disappointed by God's interaction uh, with us during the storm, and, and uh, yet then when he does bring peace, we're surprised and like, wow, God, you, you just blew me away. It's like, sure, they believe that Jesus could heal, heal a paralyzed man, but calm a storm? No. It's just like us, you know. 
was like, well, if I've never seen it, uh, if, if I can't imagine it, if there's no videos of it on YouTube, then by sh- no, there's no way it can happen. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God, God, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. No storm also will last forever. When the storm is on you, I know that there's nothing else you can really even see but the storm. Whether the storm is an illness or abandonment, it's maybe financial or job loss or disaster, or loss of a friend or a death of a loved one. All you can see during that time is the storm itself. You see, when you get on a boat on a normal night, and Vincent Christian, I'm sure you guys know this too, you can be out there on the water and conversation flows freely. In fact, your voice carries across the water great distances, and it's quite an amazing experience when it's calm. There's ease of communication. It's peaceful. It's surreal. Tranquil. But not in a storm. It's actually quite the extreme opposite uh, from what I've heard. <laughs> See, there's no peace. And anytime you try to say anything, your words kind of like fly back in your face. You can't face, you can't even really try to communicate. And again, that's one of the biggest temptations in the storm. I'm going to hide. I become myopic, and I'm just going to survive trying to look out for myself. I'm going to believe in myself, and, and, and maybe I just need to place my, uh, m- my, my trust in some type of other sedative to placate the stress that I'm under. But I'm telling you guys, have belief. Have belief in the one who brings peace. In fact, our belief brings peace to others also. See, when you engage the God of peace who is already present, and you activate his power in the middle of your storm, it not only helps you, but it'll also bring peace, his healing, his strength, and his deliverance to other people around you. I think one of the most overlooked sentences in this story is one that seems to be odd, out of place, and it's just like, well, that's just a weird detail that's in there. Mark 4.36 says, there were also other boats with him. Hey, wait a minute. This changes the whole story. You see, it wasn't just Jesus and the disciples in the storm. There were other boats nearby, and they were suffering as well. But when Jesus brought peace, it just spilled over to everyone. The other boats received a blessing. Many people were rescued that day, not just the disciples. I'm telling you guys, that's why we don't live isolated. And when God calms us with peace and he calms your storm, others will benefit when you have others around you. That's the power of the church. That's the power of family. Belief brings peace. I believe his light is breaking through to many of you right now, and it's a light of peace. He understands you. He feels what you feel, and he wants to calm you during your storm. He just might calm your storm as well, because I know he did it for my friend Elizabeth. Sure, you may have to bail water out for a while after the storm was over, but you're going to bail it out in awe of God. (laughs) He can still speak peace, be still, to your storm. I know we still tend to be like the disciples. Our greatest danger is just assuming Jesus has no power to reverse the storm. But God never abandons his children during the storm. He's always there. And when it all boils down, we either choose to believe or disbelieve Jesus. (laughs) Really, that's the question he asked 
the disciples, do you now believe? Belief brings peace. His peace is yours now. I'd like for there to be no movement at this time. I want you to focus your eyes and internally for just a moment. First of all, maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus, maybe drifted away from a relationship with God, but if you want to know this Jesus that brings peace, maybe you're ready for a new beginning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you want to be a part of a closing prayer asking Jesus to come into your life or come back into your life, surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand at the count of three ask for you to respond because faith, belief is responding outwardly to what's stirring on the inside. Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died for you so that you can have life and everything changes today. If you want to give your life to Christ, make things right with Jesus, one, two, three. Lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? You put your hand down. Anyone else? This time I'd like for everyone to stand. If you lifted your hand, I want you along with the entire congregation of believers to pray these words with me. This is important right now. I want you to pray these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe. Forgive my sins. I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. Everyone pray these words. Thank you, Jesus, for peace. In the middle of my storm, I believe in you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.